The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. It's Friday, March 20th. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I think this is 14th show of the week. Maybe 15th. Who knows at this point? 14. That's right. We're rolling on. Uh, it's a daily NFL podcast, but we do emergency podcasts as needed. When news breaks, we bring that news to you. And with all the things going on in the world today, um, and not a whole lot of sports happening. This should be the second day of the NCAA tournament. It was canceled because of coronavirus. We want to make sure that we have breaking news delivered to you. So if you want to check out our recaps of specific items related to things that happened, go to the podcast feed in Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcast and look for the siren emojis. I don't want to say that we pioneered emoji and podcast descriptions, but the truth is we did. It was our idea first. We're the first people to ever do it. Debo and I came up with it. We'll, uh, we'll let Ryan, Ryan Wilson, John Breach and Shaw Wagner McGuff ride our coattails into emoji land. What's your favorite emoji, Ryan? Um, I think it is this one. What's that one called? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Sad emoji. Oh, you're more emo than I am. No, you know what Ryan likes? Ryan loves the eyes emoji. He likes writing eyes emoji instead of actually doing the emoji. That's true. How about you, Sean? What's your favorite emoji? You know, right now, it's the upside down smiley face, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's a weird time and I'm trying to be positive, but that's a, that's a flirty emoji. Is it? You flirt with the upside down smiley face? I don't flirt. I'm married. Feel bad for your wife. Oh, still feel bad for your wife. My favorite emoji is the stinking pile of poo, because that's what Brenton's story is, saying he invented putting emojis on podcasts. Hey, Brenton, I invented the futon. <laughs> that's good for you. You should, uh, you should be wealthier than you are, and you shouldn't be on this podcast. Also, Breach, you're kind of dunking on yourself there, since you are a member of this podcast, and Brinson was trying to give the whole podcast credit. That's uh, true. No, they do a good job with the emojis, and they did pioneer it. But this is like uh, Tesla versus Edison. I, I'm not, I don't know who went first. <laughs> Didn't they both deal with electricity? And, and, how, about, and Nicole, how about the Snuggie and the Slanket? Nikola Tesla and and Thomas Edison, not not right. Tesla, the company. TiVo and the DVR. No. Yeah, it's, oh, that's true. That's a good example. That's not a terrible example. TiVo, TiVo, TiVo came first, and then yeah, TiVo lost. 
because the cable companies came out with crappier versions of the DVR, and they should have joined forces with, with TiVo. I was there. That was right in my wheelbase. <laughs> I, was, I was there. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan was the first TiVo owner. DirecTV <laughs> partnered with TiVo, but then bailed on it because it wasn't working. They realized they could just get their own crappy, cheap DVR. Wow, that sounds just like the story I told. Great. Great job. <laughs> and, 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 Brinson, Ryan was there. Come on. Let the guy who was actually in the room. You mentioned DirecTV once. So anyway, <laughs> check out the daily podcast emojis with the, uh, the sirens. You'll see them. They're the big red sirens. Todd Gurley was released. We will talk about that. We will get to the best remaining free agents as well as their landing spots and winners and losers from Thursday's free agency action. Uh, you know what? May a couple time. I said that this has been a boring free agency. I was wrong. Wednesday was boring. It's been an incredible free agency. Considering all that's going on and the fact that we're locked in here, uh, in our houses and, and can't escape and are forced to reckon, like forced to, you know, meet our families again, it's, it, it could be worse. You know what I, you know what I knew? This apology was coming at two, four or 3.44 PM Eastern time when the Rams cut Todd Gurley. Now wait. I could see Brinson's heads wheeling. Oh, this is getting pretty crazy. Two minutes later, Sean Payton gets diagnosed with coronavirus, and Brinson was just—he's like, "All right, this is the craziest free agency ever. We have hit—we uh, have hit peak NFL free agency." I yeah. I, hey, apologies uh, from me. So, coronavirus and free agency—it has been a thing. Um, Can I throw something out there real quick? Sean's on lockdown because he lives in Oakland. You just mentioned coronavirus. Our neighbors two doors down invited us over for drinks tomorrow in the driveway. Today. Friday or Saturday? Friday, sorry, yes. But we're going to stay in the driveway. We're going to stay two car lengths apart and just hang out. What do you think of that? Is that Wait, okay? you're going to sit in your cars? No, no, no. Just two car lengths as a measure, measurement of so you're, oh, so- you're just going to go to their driveway and shout at them. I don't know. Do you shout at people who are Great t- beer. Hey, man. How's everything going? Kids doing okay? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we, um, we're in our house, too. Uh, actually, I have a buddy who uh, has a one-month-old kid. Right back to Brinson. Okay, go ahead. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, no but this is a good example. Of it. He sent out he sent out uh, Zoom invites, which are basically like Google Hangouts or whatever. He's like, let's have a happy hour. I think people are doing that. They're having a ha- virtual happy hour. So my friends and I usually right have. Back to Sean again. Well, since since we're all sharing how our lives are changing, we're doing social things. My friends and I do a poker night like once every three weeks. I think we might do virtual poker night this weekend on on some sort of app. And to answer your question, Ryan, I still would not go. You wouldn't go to that? Okay. It still doesn't seem worth it to me. We're. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're like. We get along with them really well and all that stuff. It's you not. Know what you should do. Well, you should set up. Are you guys? Are they going to be in the driveway too? Where the hell else would they? No, be? No, no. They're going to be inside the house. Ryan's just going to have drinks all in their driveway. You, I mean, don't you have any? Do you have any? Like, it's it's not going to be cold or anything. What, like, do you have any porch furniture? Could you set up like? Yeah, we could set, uh, yeah, of course we could do well, it. Like, just set up some chairs that are like like two car lengths feels like a little much. I was just giving you an idea. Brent, Brent, Brent thought we were actually sitting in the car, so I messed up by saying two car lengths. <laughs> we'll be six. You'll be seven well, feet apart. I, yeah. I feel like sitting in the cars would be the prudent thing to do. That's safe. Your germs are in the car with you. You're outside, man. You're risking it. They could it, the, the a crosswind could blow a germ in your face. All of a sudden, Wilson's out for the week. We don't have a draft expert leading up to the draft, and it throws CBS Sports into complete disarray. Wilson, we're not ready for that. And, and Brian just muted himself to cough. I just saw that. <laughs> or they'll just do what they did the last time and go find some jabroni off the street and turn him into a draft expert. <laughs> 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 
Just kidding. Ryan, you are killing it in drafts. You are. Draft analysts. Right. I, I joke about junior draft analysts. Ryan is excellent at his job and has done a great job covering uh, college guys and networking with scouts and agents and whatnot. Make By the sure- way, yes. thank you. I appreciate that. But when I do this on, podcast, on the uh, HQ show, I'm giving you an elbow bump. You're supposed to give it back to me. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, yeah. so if you do I it on did, side. I did elbow bumps at uh, tennis on Thursday afternoon. We did we showed up, did elbow bumps, played a game of tennis. So I can't be 10 feet away and have a beer, but you can play tennis with someone and give them elbow bumps. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. When you, both, sh- well, when you both come to the net, though, aren't you guys within six feet of each other? Or do you do you not run to the net because, you know, you're old and not athletic? <laughs> he, has, he has two ice packs on his back I right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're looking at you sitting in his comfortable, the most comfortable chair out of any of us, and he has to add a pillow to the back of it. I would whip your ass in tennis, first of all. Second of all, you've been on Twitter, and you got to stop doing this. You're on Twitter complaining about the fact that you can't have barbells delivered to your house. I mean, just you got to understand what the good, media it was, good, for. it was a good tweet, man. $500 shipping. Can you imagine how upset the UPS guy would be to drag 500 pounds of weights and see Sean is the person he's giving it to? He's like, this is what I almost killed myself for, this? You're not even using them, sir. It would be a, That's it would be disastrous. That's disrespectful to me. I need to see what the actual tweet was. I guess we should get to, um, we could talk football either way. Yeah. I Sean, think we, Sean, Sean really gets away with some, a lot of tweeting. Well, he does it between 3 a.m. Trying to order dumbbells is going great. Thanks for asking. Order subtotal 64.99, estimated shipping $450. Are I, you sure it's not just, so they're not sold out. They're not expensive. You uh, go to a store of, and buy them. Most of them are sold out. Also, asking someone to ship 500 pounds or something is probably going to cost you a lot of money. It was literally one 50-pound dumbbell. And can we get to football? How many people have turned this off by now? Devo's Devo's cutting off half of this. You know, I think if it was a normal week, Devo would. But in a quarantine week where you don't have anything better to do, it is just you go. By the way, I have questions about one 50-pound dumbbell. I have a lot of questions. like this? How do you do bench presses with a one 50-pound dumbbell? I would not do bench presses. And like should that. wouldn't you wouldn't you need if you're gonna max out like that, don't you want twenty five on each side? Hello! All right, let's move along to uh that's a bench press joke, Sean. You wouldn't get it because you don't lift, bro. Let's move along to Sean Payton, who announced on to ESPN, he told ESPN that he has the Rona. Sean Payton was dying uh given a positive test for Corona. Um and he uh you know, he's look he's in in much the way that many celebrities who have tested positive corona, whether it's Tom Hanks or Idris Elba or other uh, you know NF, NBA players, have pointed out like, hey, let's all do our part and listen to the people in charge and stay inside and social distance and try not to spread this disease. And Sean Payton, I mean, I will say it is a little interesting how quickly celebrities get tested for this. Is it not? Yes. No. I mean, like, if you're sick and you want a corona test, you got to, like, jump through hoops. If you're a celebrity and you're coughing, you're like, I need that rona test. You're like, here you go, sir. Would you like another? Brenton, how is that different from, like, regular life? It's not. It just, <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it just sounds like so America for us. So It's frustrating. Uh, and maybe more importantly, apparently, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, our friend uh, from the show, Coronavirus the teams are trying to put coronavirus clauses in deals. Breach, your thoughts on this totally upstanding move by NFL teams. In theory, according to Jeremy, 
you would sign a two-year, $30 million deal and with $10 million signing bonus. And then if you tested positive for Corona later and failed a, a test, you would lose the $10 million entirely, which just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I just remember last week when Ryan laughed at me for bringing up a similar point. The NFL teams might get do something dumb if a player tests positive for coronavirus. I said they might rescind the contract. Fowler is reporting that uh, they might just get rid of the signing bonus, which to me is arguably worse because you're already locked into a contract, and all of a sudden you could be out $10 million if that's your $10 million signing bonus, and you really don't – I mean, you have control over whether you get this, but you don't because you could quarantine yourself. You don't get near anyone, and this is an example I used on HQ. You know, maybe germs get on your mail somehow, whether because a lot of people touch the mail – you bring it in, all of a sudden you get it, even though you quarantined the whole time and were smart and safe and you still got it, and all of a sudden you have to lose out on your signing bonus? That is absolutely bonkers. And the reason I even said this could happen last week is because the NFL teams are all about protecting their investment. Uh, but if NFL teams can put this kind of language into a contract, I think it needs to go both ways. And uh, players should be allowed to put language in that says they can get out of the contract they have the option to if a team rescinds their signing bonus. So the player can say if he thinks he has a better shot making more money with another team at that point, that he should be allowed to. So I think it needs to go both ways because this is absurd for an NFL team to be taking advantage of a player during a global pandemic. Mm, the NFL doing something like that? Mm. As I remember it last week, you and Brinson were on board with it. You weren't ask, a- acting all – uh, I, I wasn't on board with it. I said NFL teams would probably do it. That was yeah. I, I did not think I, I was not on board with it. Yeah, at we all. didn't say it's cool that they're evil. We said we expect them to be evil. Yes, that's not how I remember. Sorry for being uh, ahead of the curve here, Wilson. Check the receipts. Checkmate. Just because Ryan, just because John and I are able to get inside the head of NFL teams, and you're up there, Brenton, you can't even stand up right now. You're not getting <laughs> inside of anything. Look, Breach and I have a certain mindset. You're like, well, we need to be 12 feet away for drinks. Um, two car lengths. Two car lengths. Are you inside the car? <laughs> Sean Payton said, this is not just about social distancing. It's shutting down here for a week or two weeks. If people understand the curve and understand the bump, we can easily work together as a country to reduce it. Take a minute to understand what the experts are saying. It's not complicated to do what they're asking of us. Just that type of small investment by every one of us will have a dramatic impact. It is... I think if you were a conspiracy theorist, you could point out that every time, like these celebrities get it and like immediately have like a very clear talking point. What are you talking talk, about? But the talking point is to don't be an idiot. Sure. That's a good which, which I, I said this on HQ. Like I actually think maybe, look, we've talked about like the Americans that thought Corona came from the Corona beer and all this. Maybe there's a segment of Americans, the people who we saw going to spring break and saying spring break happens. I get Corona. Year. I get Corona. I got a Right. Maybe they will be more willing to do what the government and scientists or doctors are telling us if they realize that if we don't, football might not come back in September. Like, that's that's a very real possibility. And you know what Americans hate? When their football and sports get taken away from them. Well, and I think Sean Payton – this coming from Sean Payton's mouth should mean something because it it sounds like – Last week, that was kind of his thought process that, like, yeah, it's going to happen to people, but it's probably not going to happen to me because he went out in public and went to a horse race over the weekend. Now, we don't March, know that – March 14th. He was Yes. At- so this – like, last weekend. So in the last six days, he was at this horse race out in public, and by that point, they had been encouraging people not to go out in public. Now, we don't know if he got it there, but this is – 
the fact that he went there proves that it doesn't mean he wasn't taking it seriously, but it means that he wasn't completely worried about getting it. And then he got it, whether it was at the horse race or it was before that. And now he's saying, look, this is real life. This can happen to anyone. Stay home. Like you wouldn't go to a, like I wouldn't have gone to I mean like you wouldn't go to a horse race right now right Oh hell no right exactly you went to a bar <laughs> I went and met two a week ago in the afternoon and had two beers Sean Payton went to a horse race with this hundreds time. of people I wouldn't do that that's totally different Why did you take say afternoon does the time of day matter when you go get the there's everybody right there mm-hmm. okay. It's not like you went to a crowded bar at 10 p.m. You're flaunting convention t- today. By going to meet your neighbors. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I will say that in exactly. the past you're week. You're basically an old spring breaker. We'll see what happens. If I get it, I get it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Stop me from standing in my driveway? It's America. I got a house. The only thing I've done this whole entire week, I left my house once and I went to a Chick-fil-A drive through <laughs> Of course. Did you get extra that you can heat up throughout the week? Oh, and I didn't touch the food for 24 hours because I have to let the paper not be infected. And then I washed my hands before I ate it. I, I'm good, guys. I'm following all the rules. I, I mean, I've been to the grocery store to get like supplies that we need. Is that crazy? No. no. Breach left the. I love that Breach left the chicken out for 24 hours not to touch it. That's... Breach is like, hey, he told his wife, he's like, I can't touch it for 24 hours. She's like, you're a creep, bro. Got food poisoning, but didn't get corona. <laughs> to the NFL news. Sorry, it's this is it's late in the week. This is the 14th podcast. We're getting a little wonky. Not keeping it as tight tonight. Yeah. Todd Gurley was released. We've sort of buried the lead here, but that again, it's like <laughs> Todd Gurley was released by the Los Angeles Rams. If you were going to ask one person about this, it would be John Breach because John Breach, I don't want to say like John Breach broke the floodgates open, but you kind of did. I mean, the first person to really report that Todd Gurley, because like not kind of, he was the first person, right? But I'm saying like Todd Gurley didn't play in the Super Bowl. No one, we couldn't get any freaking answers about why Todd Gurley was warming up an exercise bike. And shortly after the Super Bowl at, uh, and then dropped it at the NFL combine breach, worked his network of sources. He ground into the meat of this thing. And he reported that Todd Gurley had a degenerative knee condition, an arthritic knee. And now less than two years after signing him to a $60 million contract breach, the Rams have cut. Todd Gurley, the one-time near MVP. You know, I, the the cool thing about that was that we got the, like the inside thinking from the Rams is that they've been worried for that long. So like he, they cut down his workload uh, in 2019. Obviously, we saw that, and you can't just keep cutting back someone's workload when they're the second highest paid running back in the NFL. Something has to give, uh, and so this whole thing, this whole situation is just. A little bit crazy that they did make him at the time when he signed the contract. He was the highest paid player. And I know one of you guys will mention it, but this is literally, you know, Gurley becomes the poster child for why you don't give running backs huge contracts. They're not going to work out. And and the weird thing about Gurley is he was kind of like Cam Newton where you can't trade him. The Rams try to trade him all week, but just because everyone wants their own medical team to look at his knee but no one can fly anywhere right now Gurley can't fly to visit with another team the other team's medical staff can't come and visit with Gurley uh so you you have no idea where his knee is at and so you know the Rams did what they had to do I feel like they're taking a pass on the 2020 season they're trying to get all these contracts off their books so they can be successful going forward uh but still this this was uh I, I like it was surprising but it wasn't so I I think it's crazy that he got cut though if you would have asked us two years ago the day before the Super Bowl, if we thought Todd Gurley was going to be a Rams starter in 2020, I mean, all of us would have said yes, right? 
And just to, <laughs> just to illustrate how far he has declined <clears throat> over the years. Um, so the first four years of his career, and you should note that some of those years was with, were with Jeff Fisher, um, in that ter- terrible offense. So his numbers weren't nearly as good back then. Um, in that four year span though, he led the entire NFL, not just running backs, including wide receivers in yards from scrimmage. Um, two more yards than Julio Jones in that span. And he averaged 5.2 yards per touch. Last season, he ranked 48th among all players in yards from scrimmage. I know he had a very high touchdown count, but his efficiency went way down by an entire yard um, from the first four years of his career. So I think it's a mix of it's obviously the knee, um, and we've known that for a while since, you know, Breach has reported it. But I also think it's a little bit of an indictment on Sean McVay's system because as we saw at the end of that 2018 season, about starting in December, teams have kind of figured out how to stop that that offense and it obviously peaked in the Super Bowl with the Patriots completely shutting them down. So I think it's a combination of of the injury and also Sean McVay not really changing the offense and defenses finally understanding how you slow them down. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't know what the takeaway is. Todd Gurley didn't work out. You don't pay him a lot of money. Breach hit on the high points. I do wonder what the Rams do do going forward because we're talking about them rebuilding. They were in the Super Bowl in 2018. They are now the worst team in, the, in that division, and it's unclear if they're done with the fire sale. I mean, they could – today on HQ, on Thursday on HQ, Prisco and, and Brady Quinn were talking about maybe they start trading, out, trading some of these wide receivers uh, to get more draft picks, create some cap space, and then starting over. Why are you starting over? I don't, I don't know why you would start over when you were literally in the Super Bowl. And, again, if the playoffs had been expanded in 2019, you'd have probably made the playoffs then too. They don't have any draft picks. They're up against the salary cap. They have issues in the offensive line. They have issues on the defensive line. They have issues in the secondary. And who knows if their quarterback, the Rams love the quarterback, but who knows if Jared Goff is the answer. So they have gone from, I think it's less Sean McVay, X's and O's guys, I think he's really good at that, to them um, overvaluing the wrong things, and that's not even totally exclusive, uh, including the, the running back situation, and it's just not working out. It's pretty amazing that like, so from 2018 to 2019, remember, in, actually really just in 2018, because, uh, I think seven days before the Gurley deal, maybe less than that, they signed Brandon Cooks in that extension. I mean, it was both in July of 2018, uh, cause I, I remember clicking on from your story, Ryan, to the, the Brandon Cooks story. And like at that point in time, if we had done who has the best Super Bowl window, the Rams would have easily been a top five team. Because that was before Goff got extended, too. So they're still on the rookie deal. They're on the rookie deal for Goff. They just locked up Gurley, which we all thought was like, okay. Well, no, I mean, like, it was like, okay, look, you probably shouldn't be paying running backs, but they paid him early and they should be able to get five years out of them. They're like, you know, well, like if this collapses in the first two years, they're screwed. And then it actually happened. Um, the Brandon Cooks, it was like, okay, like, you know, he's, he's playing really well in the system, et cetera, et cetera. They had a great offensive line. Wade Phillips is orchestrating the defense. And now, and, and then the problem is less Snead double and triple down and traded all their picks for players. And again, at the time, and we're as guilty as anybody, uh, Lesneed was widely lauded for, you know, going against the grain and not, you know, not looking at picks, looking at picks as overvalued and wanting to get veterans in who could help the team right away. And they dealt, they, again, they, they tripled down on it again this past year with J- Jalen Ramsey and they gave up two first round picks for him. So they're, the problem for the Rams is that football is a difficult game 
to predict long-term outcomes for players. And they have lost a bunch, you know, like Gurley, Gurley's gone. Cooks has been ineffective and injured. Robert Woods has been a steal. That's great, but you probably have to give him more money at some point. Uh, Goff has really, you know, regressed. The defense has taken steps back. And so it's like, if you're the Rams, not only is your team all taking a step back, but you don't have the assets with which to replenish the cupboard. Well, and part of that problem, and Wilson, you and I were strongly mentioned this in October after the Jalen Ramsey trade, is that they they are giving up too much. So you give up first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Now you feel obligated to give him a long-term contract no matter how he looks. And that's what happened with Brandon Cooks. They gave up a first-round pick to land him. You can't just let someone walk after you give up a first-round pick. And, and Wilson and I were saying that's dumb because – you know, they weren't the best team in the NFC West in October of this past year. There was no reason to start tearing down future rosters to try and win this year because they weren't going to win this year. And now that's, you know, it's time to pay the Piper and, uh, they don't have anything to pay with. And the Piper's going to, I don't know what the Piper does when you don't pay them, but it's, the Rams are going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to follow Breach's point, and this is actually a nice little segue, um, I think the lesson is don't go out and trade for the best player. Go out and trade for a very good player. See Ram, uh, see the Ravens, excuse me, see Marcus Peters. They got him for a steal. And you look at the, at the end of the season, Marcus Peters was much better than Jalen Ramsey for the Ravens than, than, uh, Jalen was for the Rams. And it didn't cost two first round picks. And I think that's the math you have to do. You can extend that math to anything Bill O'Brien has done. Laramie Tunzel for two first round picks is idiotic in retrospect and, uh, at the time and, uh, two weeks out, and you could go on and on. And I, I think maybe that's the, the story. You don't go out and get Brandon Cooks and, and pay him a million dollars. You you find someone who's a tier below that, a Robert Woods-type player, and then you have those draft picks, you have this the salary cap space, because how often has it been the case that you go out and get the very best player, Jadavion Clowney, for example, even though the, the Seahawks got him for a steal because, again, Bill O'Brien was involved, and he changed the tenor of that season? Well, and I'll give you an example. Um the Rams, as Brenton was saying for, you know, as recently as two years ago, were like, this is the model, right? This is how you win. You go all in on the rookie contract with the quarterback and all this. And the team that was following them and drawing direct comparisons were the Chicago Bears. And you look at, they, they traded two first round picks for Cleo Mack and Cleo Mack is a unbelievable player. Um, but if you just look at the history of teams that trade two first round picks for any player, it never results in in the end result that the team is hoping for. And suddenly the Bears are following the, the Rams trajectory, uh, it, it certainly seems like. So it's just funny how they went from being, this is the model, team's got to do this, uh, to us realizing two years after they started doing that model that it, it was very much flawed. And it's tough to have sympathy for them too because, like, especially with the golf contract, we – it, it, just like with the Fools Jaguars deal a year ago, before the Rams gave the golf contract, we were saying they're going to do this and it's going to be idiotic. So everyone saw this coming seemingly except the Rams. Is uh, Steph Gilmore's contract, how highly paid is he? Not the highest paid. Well, there you go. I was going to say maybe that's the exception. But again, the Patriots are like, no, we're not going to overpay you. But they have the selling point of you're going to win a Super Bowl. Although that, that now probably becomes a lot tougher. Fair enough. Uh, I think we answered the question. The Rams... Sean, you said on our on our video show you would take the Rams over the Cardinals for 2020. No, I said it'll be close. I think it's a coin flip for this year. I mean, the Rams are still three and a half. All right, all right, if I make if I make the Rams, I said this on the show too. If I make the Rams minus a half game, so in other words, if if they both finish seven and nine or both finish eight and eight, the Cardinals would win. Who would you take in that bet? Cardinals. And I and I think long term, it's not even close. Obviously, 
Yeah. Like they blow him out of the water. Well, that's now, not- I mean, we should know too that like at one point in time, like at one point in time, Jared Goff was, was Kyler Murray. Like in a sense, it was like they could build around Jared Goff forever and he's still really young. Well, the, no, the conversation was that Jared Goff was playing in Sean McVay's system and Sean McVay could mask any of his shortcomings. I don't think anyone ever thought he was going to be a superstar. Did they? You, you, you were banging the table to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah we all were. We were all saying, don't give him an extension. Sean, Mc, if Sean McVay can do this with Goff, you should just let him run out in his rookie deal or trade him and let McVay pick a new quarterback. And Sean went to college with Goff. If he was saying that, then obviously you should be, I mean, we we're unanimous that that contract was dumb too. And now that's going to hurt them also. Cause if you rated Goff in just looking at NFC quarterbacks, you're like, where would you rank him? He's not even in the top 10 of NFC quarterbacks, let alone the entire NFL. He's not a top 10 NFC quarterback. Uh, is he better than Russell Wilson? Kyler Murray, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. That's nine right there. Tom Brady. Oh, good job. You dunked on a guy in a wheelchair, Breach. (laughs) Are you definitely taking – I would like – give me one more because I'm not sure. What about Bridgewater? Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah, easy. I don't 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 know that you're necessarily taking Garoppolo over golf. Okay, well then Stafford instead uh, of Garoppolo. You're taking are, Goff over Garoppolo, Brinson? Yeah, if, if you if you flipped him, I think that Goff would have better. Are, are you taking Goff over Stafford? No. Nah. Okay, so that's ten. What about Bridgewater? Yeah, I don't know. No, I think that's Goff. I think that's close. I think yeah, I think you take Goff. And then you have somebody like Daniel Jones, who's are you taking? Who's what, like about, what, about, what about uh, Mitchell, what about Kirk Cousins? Yeah. What about Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles? I would take Kirk Cousins over Jared Goff. I would take Kirk Cousins over Jared Goff. It was a setup for the Trubisky Foles thing. I got it. Yeah, because we haven't talked about that yet. Would you trade Nick Foles for Jared Goff? No. I would take Jared Goff over Nick Foles. Ryan just for the contract. I'm saying would Sean, Sean, as a Bears fan, would you if you have to take the Jared Goff contract and sign him to a two year extension? No. (laughs) Wow. You just I mean I I mean also you have to realize that when Goff is coming out, my biggest fear before the draft order was set and before Goff was clear going to be the first overall pick. My biggest fear is that the Bears are going to draft him, Why and I was going to have that flowery little and, piece on golf. It, go back and read it. It's not a flowery piece. It, it just it was trying to report on how oh. he evolved as a quarterback at Cal. Okay. Jared Goff and I have never gotten along at Cal. There are press conference clips of him getting mad at me and I whatnot. Will bet, and I will. I bet, have stories of him, you know, not I being. Bet, I will bet ten of Brinson's wigs that that Jared Goff cannot point you out in the lineup. Uh, so here we go. Here's what I want to ask you. I didn't, I don't, I don't want to talk about that story anymore because I'm, I'm tired of hearing. Are it. you going to tell us about Sean McDermott and William Mary? <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the combine. No, I want to ask, I want to ask, I want to ask uh, Sean this because he, he's very anti two draft picks, uh, two first round picks for a player after the Khalil Mack stuff. Would you trade right now two first round picks if you're the Bears and Sean, Sean Wagner McGuff is the GM for Kyler Murray? Yes. Oh, not going, not heating your own advice. I mean, I think, I think quarterback is the position where it makes sense to trade two first round picks for. If you think, if, if that guy is a stud. And I, and I, and maybe I'm wrong about Kyler Murray, but I, I think he's a stud. Okay. I just, and, I and I just, and I want to make one thing clear. Jared Goff is the fourth highest paid quarter player in the NFL. And we all just agreed that he is not even the 11th best quarterback in the NFC. He might be the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he may be 12th. Um, the only 16 teams, of course. He might be 16th. I think he's the top 16. <laughs> he, he's definitely top 
seven. He's definitely top 15 if you're including Foles and Trubisky on the list. <laughs> Even uh, if you combine those two also. All right. So where, Sean, should Todd Gurley go? I should have gone to Ryan first. You can go to Buffalo. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been saying the Bills for pretty much any free agent running back, specifically Melvin Gordon. Um, I like Gurley there just because that deals, I think, is going to be a whole lot cheaper than Melvin Gordon's. Uh, you look. Frank Gore a year ago actually led that team in carries, even though they drafted Devin Singletary. Um, I think you can distribute those carries amongst Singletary, have him take on a bigger role, and have Todd Gurley rotate in as that change of pace option. And I think that's probably going to be the back he's going to be for the remainder of his career. And I think that's probably how you maximize his explosiveness, is having him come in, catch passes, come out of the backfield. Uh, the Bills have enough cap space to pay a running back um, a cheap amount of money in free agency, and they're going to want to run the ball a lot. And for Gurley, he gets to go to a team that's in win-now mode. So I, I I like the Bills to add a running back at some point here, and I don't want them to overpay. I think Gurley will be a good buy-low option. I think on the show I said the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs make sense because he can follow the Shady McCoy model, go as a backup, win a Super Bowl ring, not be expected to do too much. Uh, it won't be a big, big money deal. Obviously, he's already made that money. And also, shout out to uh, Todd Gurley for tweeting out after he was cut. Damn, I got fired on my day off, and I still had Friday. <laughs> and he still gets paid, right? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Ryan. First of all, if he wants to win a Super Bowl ring, he needs to go to my landing spot, Tampa Bay. And Brinson, to your point, uh, he already had a seven and a half million dollar roster bonus guaranteed for 2020. So the Rams have to pay him that. So for the 2020 season, even if he sat out, he's making $7.5 million. So I think this is the one year, if he were to sign a one-year, just kind of I want to win a ring deal with a team, this is the one year where he would take a low-ball offer possibly, maybe 3 to $5 million, and then look for a long-term contract uh, in 2021. So I think, you know, Tom Brady's got a short window. Bruce Arians has a short window. You're not going to be able to keep that Buccaneers roster together long. I, I think this is it. You just go all in. You bring Gurley in. Gurley had a bad year last year. He still had 857 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, Tom Brady th- loves the third running backs out of the backfield. I think he would love having Gurley back there. And uh, I think Bruce Arians would just say he's not going to manage his load like Sean McVay did. Bruce Arians just run him until his knee doesn't function anymore. Uh, so sure, I think sure that, that's a good selling point for taking a cheap contract. Well, I, I, Arians will put it a lot more nicely, but that, uh, but the fact that he, and that's what, murder that needs, <laughs> but you know, Todd Gurley's going to tell them he's healthy and he's fine. And so Arians is like, all right, man, get ready for uh, 400 carries. But I think so, Gurley to Tampa. So let's uh, say you could get one year, $7 million, Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon. Who you seven think? million? No. no. No, let's let's say one year seven million for Melvin or one year four for Gurley. Those are your two options. Yeah, there you go. I will take Melvin for seven. I think if, so. Just because you know he's healthy. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, think what I think with Todd you have to like you're basically like you're paying four million dollars to use Ronald Jones a lot. And <laughs> also, what does that tell you about the running back market that we all just turned down Gurley? Uh, for four million dollars, it's crazy. Um, I I will say I'll throw at the Panthers, and I know Charles Johnson, former Panthers player, aka Randy Watson on Twitter, tweeted that Todd wants to go to the Panthers, and I think Breach's logic actually makes a lot of sense. That what are you pointing at, Sean? What is this Randy Watson thing you mentioned on the show? I didn't get it in. That's what his Twitter handle says, Randy Watson. Why? I don't know. That's what his Twitter name is. Okay, I thought it was some inside joke that I of course didn't get, but yeah. apparently not. So if you look at his Twitter handle, it says Randy Watson. Isn't Randy Watson from Coming to America? Oh, I don't know. I think right. it's the 
Yeah, Randy Watson's the the uh, Soul Glow guy from Coming to America. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, my isn't bad. that right? Somebody, it could he, be. I haven't watched it in a while. He, yeah, it looks like he's right. Yeah, it's good lord. And that that's good. Awesome. That's a, that's a that, I thought that people would get that. Thought older people would get it. <laughs> have you seen Coming to America, Sean? Yeah, we actually had that on VHS, so I saw it as a kid, but I've not seen you it. You saw it as a kid? That's hysterical. You need to rewatch it. It's I cool. got the joke during the HQ show, and I laughed then. Thank you. Yeah, that. but you, you're the name guy. I'm the face guy. That's the issue, John. It's true. What? You're the face guy? Like, Wilson okay. has faces, and I know everyone's name. Do you want to how... hear art? We have a pitch for a dramatic series for HQ. I could tell yeah. you later. I could tell you now when you want to hear <laughs> I mean, I sure. think you have to hear Demo's it. Demo's like, please, no. Tell me like, <laughs> After the break. Tease it. Tease it. <laughs> all right. So first of, all, I would, first of all, I would say the Panthers are a landing spot for the same reason that Breach mentioned. Because Gurley might be willing to take less money. He's from Tarboro, North Carolina. He might be willing to come home. Might want to come home. He's been out in L.A. forever. Maybe he wants to flip the script and come back and live a low-key life. He does a lot of charity work in the offseason with the Food Bank of North Carolina. He went to school in Georgia. So I mean, like, it would, to me, it would make a lot of sense if you're gonna if you're gonna take a discount, come home. And the Panthers could use a guy like that on a cheap salary to supplement Christian McCaffrey. It would also help offset all the issues they're having with the fans being like, "What the hell is going on here?" So I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. Um, Yes, right. I was going to say one thing. Are you going to mention Jeremy Fowler's report? Was that part of your before the break commentary, or should I insert that now? About about Gurley. About Gurley. No, I I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he said two teams that were interested in possibly trading for him that showed the most interest anyway. Uh, You mentioned Georgia where he went to college, the Falcons, and also the Dolphins. Okay, first of all, anybody if you trade for Ty Gurley, you should be fired. No, they in terms. I guess they were the most interested, but they didn't want you know whether it was a seventh round pick or whatever. Right. Well, imagine trading for Todd Gurley's contract when you could just sign him after he's cut because they don't want to pay the anyway. I'm um, sure that, uh, Bill O'Brien wasn't at the top of that list, by the way. I know. I know. He's like, I'll give you David Johnson for Todd Gurley. Anyway, <laughs> there are several. Is Todd Gurley one of the top four remaining free agents on our list? Maybe. Maybe not. Find out after the break when we play matchmaker for the best remaining free agents. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. To David Clowney, clearly the top free agent in the NFL. Some of the former number one overall pick in 2014. To only went two picks ahead of Blake Bortles. Clowney does not have a ton of sacks, but he is a monster. And he cannot get a sniff of what he wants which may or may not be reported 22 to 23 million. That's not happening. I don't think he can even get a multi-year deal at 20 to 21 million, but let's say he can work out a one year. And I, th- I honestly think it's because of the Corona situation. Teams can't check out his knee, et cetera. 
if he could find a landing spot there, Sean, where would be a good – by the way, we're using the best remaining free agents from Pete Prisker's top 100. Where would his landing spot be? I still, I think it's Seattle. And you talked about the uncertainty around his injury history. Maybe the Corona stuff is playing a role. No one wants – if you can't check out his knee and all that, you're not going to give him $20 million over multiple years. The Seahawks, though, have just spent the whole year with them. So they're at least familiar. I said, Was it yesterday? All the podcasts are blending together. I named the Seahawks as a loser because they haven't been doing anything. I thought they could have been in on Robert Quinn to bolster their pass rush, an area that desperately um, I think needs bolstering. Uh, their leading sacker last year in the Seahawks had four. Um, so I think things might be falling into place for them because the market for Clowney has not emerged. Um, and it certainly seems like they might be the team best equipped, willing to take him on and they're going to be able to get him at a discount. Now, if they don't get him, then I would still call the Seahawks a loser, but if they get him for cheap on a one-year deal, uh, that trade is going to look even, even better. And so I think for him, go back to a team that's familiar with him that desperately needs him. Um, and maybe now that he's had a full offseason, he can produce more than three sacks than he had last year. Okay. Uh, by the way, geez, Luis, Darius Slay, who we'll get to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to it in a minute. I'll tell you what he said. He lashed out at your boy, Matt Patricia. Sorry. I reverse teased it. My bad. Jameis Winston, also a top free agent. Ryan, where should you, by the way, it is, we said this a couple of times, I think, but it is un, it is really hard to fathom that a 25 year old former number one overall pick who led the league in passing yards last year, won a Heisman trophy, has thrown 30 plus touchdowns, I think three times in his career, cannot get a job in the NFL. I think a big part of that is the coronavirus. I think that teams can't kick the tires on him, and specifically, check out the old eyeballs because he well, can see now. And, and Sean just spent five minutes talking about a 27-year-old former number one overall pick that can't find a job. Yeah, so it's not a, he's at a, least got injuries. With Jameis, it's got to be teams don't trust LASIK. No, they they, they haven't been able to, to check him out. That they don't trust the fact that he throws four thousand interceptions a year. But I, look. I think he's better than whatever the options are in Chicago right now. I'm not even joking. I think he would be um slight upgrade over Foles and Trubisky, Fulbisky, if you will. Uh, I think he makes sense in, in Los Angeles for the Chargers. Trolls, if you Trubisky. will. Trolls. 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 Yeah, Trolls works. Um, the Chargers make sense. Oh, my they, God. Oh, my God. You got it? What is it? We should get uh, – so we uh, we need Pick 6 Podcast T-shirts. Uh, and I've, I think I gotta get back to Lewis Dawes. I think he had emailed me about something. I just been buried with some personal stuff. Uh, Trubisky Foles face mask. Exactly. We face mask Trubisky and Foles and we write trolls above it. And there you go. We wear those shirts around town. We sell them at a pick six podcast merchandise store. Oh, well, I can sell them at my neighbor's house. Uh, and the two cars we're sitting in, if you want, I can get that started in a couple of days. Is this a lemonade stand? Like what's. I'm just going back to the joke about the. And I was making a joke about like, so, how many people drive by your house on a week on a daily basis. So how many cars go by your house on a daily basis? Fifteen. <laughs> it's probably about the same as mine. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Fifteen. But anyway, James, I could lay down in the street and lie there for like an hour and a half, and I'm not getting hit. No, <laughs> it, people would come well, out. You should try it. You can go try that. Yeah, people would come out of the driveways to run you over if they saw that out there. Cars are flying out. <laughs> <laughs> Your bad back won't allow you to get up in time. You just get crushed. Uh, yeah, so I think Jameis Winston is getting a raw deal. Uh, not completely without fault. He's thrown, a, uh, like I said, a million interceptions. Also has 
major off field. I mean, it, it was less, it was less than two seasons ago. He was suspended three games. So like, I think this is also something teams are probably he also suspended again. in college for yelling, right. uh, yes, that was what? sexually inappropriate I, phrase. And then got in trouble again for stealing crab legs from Publix. And then he gets to the pros and he does the Uber thing. Like this is a guy with a bad history. And he threw 30 interceptions and an offense that was perfectly designed for him. There will never be another offense in the NFL better suited for Jameis Winston than what Bruce Arians had. Was blind. You guys okay. glossing over that fact. Yeah, but we don't know. What if he gets worse because he can see now? You know, like you get that that shock of being able to see. And do we know the LASIK made him 20-20? Did you give him eye test, Ryan? I don't also, think you did. Also. Again, we mentioned this red flag. Why did you get LASIK sooner? Like, what? What you like? You know what? Maybe I should stop throwing these picks. I should get better. I should go with LASIK sooner. Why now? I think there actually is something, and uh, maybe I'm making this up, but is there some fear of getting it when you're 25 or younger? Well, it's just if you get it when you're young, there's a good chance. You, not, not for him. No, it's just that you probably have to get it again at some point because your eyes will still deteriorate. It, but it's not like a risk. Okay. For normal people, they don't recommend you get it super young because I want to get it at some point. But uh, there you go. I'm right. waiting. Yeah, and Sean throws interceptions all the time. No one gives him a hard time. Uh, yeah, I don't have quite John Breach's arm strength. So <laughs> well played. Hey, Sean at least walks people to the door. Jamie's ain't doing that. <laughs> Breach will run. Away. I mean, I low bar though to compare me to Jameis. That's true. Next up on the free agent list, Robbie Anderson. Speaking of guys who got in trouble with the law, I don't know why I did that voice for Robbie Anderson. Uh, you, you rolled it like he's Spanish. Is he Spanish? I love rolling an R. Some, something we don't know about? This is how you know we've had too many podcasts this week. Uh, Robbie. Uh, my little cocktail of one tropical lightning as soon as we finish the show, followed by a whiskey, is just is starting to backfire now. I might be completely sloppy by the end of the show. Shout out to uh, Wilmington Brewing, though, for fueling the uh, fueling the podcast this week. I would say it's the weird thing about Robbie Anderson is we saw the legal tampering period start Monday. People are listening to this podcast on Friday. His name hasn't been thrown out in connection with anyone. We thought he was not, you know, like he wasn't like a top tier, top five free agent, but this was a guy who we thought would get offers and would probably be off the market by Wednesday. And here he is still available. And so, uh, my best landing spot for Robbie Anderson is really, I feel like his only option at this point, if it's even an option, and that's going back to the Jets. Uh, you know, he has a great relationship with Sam Darnold. He already said he loves Sam Darnold. He loves the Jets. That killed all his leverage. That's maybe why teams didn't go after him, because they're like, bro, you love the Jets. Why are we bringing you to us? What about the Eagles? What about the uh, the Broncos? Those are two teams that need deep threats. I don't Texans. know. Ask, ask Debo why the Eagles aren't calling oh, yeah. Robbie Anderson. Debo, what's up with that? I'm all in on Robbie Anderson. I mean, they're uh, probably waiting. You know, you've talked about and you've had them drafting a receiver a lot at 21. I think a lot of people are banking that now with the addition of Slay, but I'm all in on Robbie Anderson. And and, and right there, Wilson, I'm going to be the draft guy for a second. Is the one thing I do know is that I think the wide receiver market has been slow to develop because there are so many good wide receivers available in the draft, yep. and that, that's killing these guys in free agency. And so I think uh, Robbie Anderson's probably going to not get the money he wants, and he's going to end up back with the Jets. What does he want? Do we know? Uh, probably more than he was making. So $10 million a year, is that – too low or too much? Uh, probably too high. Like nah. What do you think? Well, because they have a couple. They have uh, Anunua and they have Jameson Crowder, who are both yeah. under contract. As... <laughs> They're both wide receivers. <laughs> yeah. 
He's 26. They're, they're I players. would do, I would do like three for 27, three for 30. Oh. I don't think that's super unreasonable. I don't know exactly what the market is, but that doesn't sound crazy. Why aren't the Jets, why haven't they just resigned him? I think they want to do offensive line first and maybe that, that's in their plans and maybe they're talking with his people or whatever. But as Breach points out, the wide receiver draft class is pretty deep. So maybe they're not in a hurry. I mean, but they're seventh and, you know, it's not like the Jets are cap strapped. This this feels like to me if the, I mean and maybe they end up resigning him and it's not a big deal but letting a how twenty six year old receiver deep threat out like that doesn't seem smart when you're trying to you know build up Sam Darnold but this yeah. is out of cases team so who knows and, and one of the issues is that Anunwa's making uh, nine million dollars per year on average and Crowder's making nine and a half million dollars per year on average so you probably have to get one of those guys get rid of one of those guys if you're going to keep Robbie Anderson on a contract that's going to pay him eight or nine million a year. Hey, let me let me ask you this. We mentioned the uh, draft wide receivers. I um I I was doing my mock draft that was due on Thursday on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, it'll probably get submitted on Friday. He's bragging about it, by the you way. You haven't filed it. I I feel bad. Yeah. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I just finished my three year mock draft that's due Monday. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a junior draft expert. I'm just a guy who does a podcast. What's your question? So I was kind of thinking about. it. I was like, man, with this, like, I was like. The Jets, everybody's been pegging an offensive lineman for them, but they, they've signed a bunch of offensive linemen. I think they might go with Jerry Judy in that 11 spot. Yeah, I, I would say that since uh, people have been saying that they're going to sign a bunch of offensive linemen and probably target a wide receiver at number 11. Have people have been saying that? Yeah. I feel like people have been giving them offensive linemen everywhere. Yeah, yeah, before free agency, but there was some conversation like last week before free agency started that they're going right, to. So you actually haven't seen a mock draft where they had him taking Jerry Judy. Um, I actually think I had them taking C.D. Lamb, but um, not. Okay, well, I have C.D. I prefer C.D. Lamb to Jerry Judy myself, but I think Jerry Judy fits what you want in an Adam Gase offense with the precise. That, outright. that would be a, a great, great Adam idea. Gase Adam Gase offense. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Or maybe I was subconsciously of let, not letting Adam Gase ruin C.D. Lamb since he's my favorite guy. Yeah, no, but um, that makes sense. I think they're loading up with these offensive linemen. Um, I can't remember. In front, I don't have the names in front of me. I don't know if they got a ton better, but they did address the position. And then, um, I think in the I did a three round mock draft. I think I had them taking an offensive lineman in the round two or three or whatever. But yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. Get a wide receiver number eleven. I did like the disdainful way that you dismissed my suggestion. Why well, literally just said, everyone's been talking about that on draft Twitter. Thurston <laughs> <laughs> Howell the third, the NFL draft expert. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, there's been chatter about it all day with the draft next. Um, I will bet twenty dollars. I will bet twenty dollars that Sean does not know who Thurston Howell the third is. Anything? Who 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 would bet against you? That's what I was gonna ask. Well now they won't, but do you know who it is, Sean? No, we'll say the name again. Thurston Howell the third. This is embarrassing. It's a CBS show. Ooh. Hey, what's up? Are you an Andy Dalton guy, a.k.a. a ginger fan? Marianne, the professor. The millionaire and his wife. I can't hear what Brinson's yelling. How are you How are you a television slash film critic? I'm not a television critic or a movie critic. For well, we know why now, because you don't know who Thurston Howell III is. You didn't have this on your CBS quiz when you got hired? <laughs> Debo ducking on you. You know you're... Sounds like, sounds like blue bloods. <laughs> Young Sheldon. It's, 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 it's Island. You 
Have you heard of Gilligan's Island? Yes, actually. I was actually, funnily enough, listening to a podcast that was referencing it, but the reference was that the references were, did not age well because no one under the age of 30 knows who that, knows what that show is. Debo did. Weird. It's just weird that I was Boom, literally just listening to that this morning. By the way. Also, thankfully, you guys aren't reading Slacks. So you're not seeing Debo dunk on me. Moving along to the next topic, the next free agent that's available, uh, Melvin Gordon. Wow. Who would have thought that we were doing Pete Prisco's, uh, free agent, top free agent, top 100 free agent list. And Melvin Gordon is, uh, on that list, but here we are. This is up to me where we're going to place him. And, uh, I'm going to steal John's little bit and say the Buccaneers. Are you crossing your arms, Breach? Are you agreeing with me or are you stealing my bit? I'm not, I'm agreeing with you. I think Melvin Gordon's okay. a great fit for the Buccaneers. Yeah, like, in both. If you're gonna, I mean, Breach, I don't wanna, you explain it. I don't wanna steal your whole thing. You explain why, if you're gonna go on Tom Brady, you should go on Melvin Gordon too. No, I'll let you do it because I said Gurley should go to the Buccaneers. I don't wanna look like I'm being wishy-washy. But you also said that, um, Every running back should go to Bre- Buffalo. Breach and I have been doing the same thing except with two different teams. Like every running back I say should go to Buffalo. He says every <laughs> running back should go to Tampa Bay. I mean, I think Buffalo is a good fit for Melvin Gordon too. And that, yeah. like, cause they're, like, they're just willing to be easy on Devin Singletary. They want a guy who's good in pass pro. They want a guy who can catch the ball fairly well. And I think, I think it's the same set, it's the same setup. The reason why Tampa Bay makes even more sense, um, is just like you think you're going for it and you know you want to have a power running game. And I think that Ronald Jones and Melvin Gordon would be a very complimentary set of backs. And you could bring in a guy like uh, Deion Lewis. And so you'd have maybe a, a bigger name version of what they always do with the Patriots. Now, Melvin Gordon would have to take a one-year deal, which he might be willing to do uh, at his, uh, you know, given his current market or take a lesser. Like he's not going to break the bank the way he thought he might. But here's the catch if you're Melvin Gordon. I think Breach mentioned this. You're getting you know, you're having this disastrous off season where you're not going to make any money. You haven't got any offers. Go take a shorter deal with less money, win a Super Bowl, ball out, and you can be like, you know what? I want a ring. So I'm happy doing that. And you can save face by doing that. Like go watch film of Super Bowl 51 and watch how many times Tom Brady throws the ball to James White. All Tom Brady does is throw the ball to his running backs. Melvin Gordon will put up monstrous numbers. Then you get on the market, you sign a one-year deal, go back on the market in 2021 with these monstrous numbers, and you'll get more money, but not a ton of money because no one's paying running backs. I'm glad you said that, Breach, because that's the the end of the story. Sign a one-year deal, ball out, and sign a multi-year deal for not very much money. <laughs> that's the reality. I mean, that's where we're, where we are. So if you understand that and – you should be okay. I think the lesson is, uh, for anyone who is not an NFL running back yet, change positions because you're not going to get paid. <laughs> All right. To the winners and losers. These are from Thursday. So we're trying to – once – um, yeah, so Monday's show – Oh, let's knock on wood, gentlemen, that Judevan Clowney doesn't sign a $100 million deal with the Giants at noon on Saturday. That's going to be a problem for me. Um where are you going to be? At a bar again? But in the yes. afternoon? Yes, an afternoon bar. <laughs> no, uh, I have the League of Leagues draft, three-sport draft. So I'm going to go to my buddy Nathan's house from like 12 to 8. God, poor Nathan. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> if he signs after three, don't even text me, Diva. I'll be drunk making picks. How many people are in that league? Uh, 14. Are they all going to be there? 14 teams. No. We, we, co- we own a team together. RJ White, our, uh, editor extraordinaire is in the, uh, is in the league as well. The difference is if something breaking happens, RJ will go back to work. 
In fact, RJ complained about that when we were talking about the draft timer. He's like, if Tom Brady reneges on his deal, I have to, I'm going to need more than five minutes to work. And I was like, well, if Tom Brady reneges on his deal, that sort of blows up the whole draft. So, cause you know, you're incorporating football players anyway. Uh, Pat Mayo's in the league. Yeah, Brad no. Evans. The good thing is that podcast the listeners Miz? love listening to people talk about their fantasy leagues that they're the not a Miz? part of. You guys don't know who the Miz is? Oh my gosh. <sighs> of course we know who the Miz is. Jesus, Brenton. Professional wrestler. Adam ranks in the league. Thursdays, winners and losers. Anyway, we'll have a, probably have a wrap up free agency podcast sometime next week where we break down full winners and losers. Let's go quick through these. Uh, Ryan, give me a winner. Uh, fun fact about the Miz. He went to college at Miami of Ohio. Breach is the guy at the party who you, you, you say something to. He doesn't know the answer. He walks away, looks up on his phone, comes back five minutes later. He goes, Oh, by the way, you fun fact. Or, or he's the guy. It's like, no, he, he was checking to confirm. He didn't want to make, he wanted to make sure he didn't go to my, I, I was 95% sure. And I was checking to confirm. Breach is also the guy where they're like, like somebody, like you're at the party and it's like, somebody's like, cops are here. Breach is like, fun fact about police. <laughs> All right, give us a winner. All right, are you out of fun facts? Can I talk now, Bree? <laughs> I guess. Winners. Fun fact. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, for the obvious reason, Tommy Brady, as soon as he signs that deal, but also because Antonio Brown ain't coming, or at least it seems that way. Um, it feels like uh, Bruce Arians is out on the AB business, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. It just doesn't make sense to bring him back. I talked about it on the HQ live show on Thursday. You can draft a slot receiver in the third round. There's so many wide receivers in this draft class. None of them will show up and act like Antonio Brown does. It just doesn't – there's no reason to bring him out there. I don't care if Tom Brady wants him to bring him out there and have avocado smoothies. Forget about it. Move on. You have Mike Evans. You have Chris Godwin. You have O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. You're going to win a lot of football games without A.B. Uh, I don't remember quickly. I have, two, I have two points I want to make. One, like you, you started a new job. Don't bring your a-hole friend. Like, if Ryan gets a new job at, like, Sports Illustrated, he's not going to be like, you guys should definitely hire Brinson. <laughs> um, he's like, I don't, I don't know who that guy is. I just have followed him on Twitter. Don't even worry about it. Uh, and two, Debo. So on the conference, the Pick 6 podcast conference call that we do every Thursday, uh, Eric K., our boss, podcast czar, uh, pressed on me to make the Antonio Brown bet. And I did believe we said we had a bet, right? Yes, the terms need to be, I think, settled, but the bet is there. It's in place. Well, with this new report, I feel like he will want to back out, but I will acquiesce to his terms, which were Antonio Brown plays a game for the Buccaneers at any point this season. I don't. You were very non-committal earlier today, so wait. I would who, under- who who is betting that he will play for the? Bucks? I said he won't play. Okay, he says he will play. You were and talking I him about to, I week wanted, one. I wanted week one. And EK wanted any game throughout the season. I was like, well, if Chris Goblin know. goes down, then like they might sign him or something. He's got to get any game. You got to give him any game. Okay. But so, but now, but after this conference call, the report came out that Antonio, they were not going to sign Antonio Brown. Should he be able to back out of the bet after I said, and we agreed that we had agreed to terms, but could mm-hmm. not report it officially? No, but also here's why EK should stay in the bet because if Tom Brady signed this gigantic contract with the Buccaneers, he met with the Buccaneers. He definitely told them how he feels about Antonio Brown. And so, I mean, they probably didn't shoot down his idea. And if it gets to the point where, like you said, Brinson, an injury, he's going to, Antonio Brown will be the first person they call because 
Brady Blake, I already have chemistry with him. We're in season. We need someone right now. If they're eight and two and Chris Goblin goes down, they're probably going to sign Antonio Brown. If he backs out of the bet, I'm in because I need some action in my life. I need some betting action. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. No, can we, can we clip Diva saying I need some action in yeah. my life? <laughs> uh, Diva, could you click yourself? Uh, by the way, did you, the marble races got sh- not shut down. The guy had to pause because it got too big. Lock and four got the Twitch chat. The things got too out of hand. So there's no marble race tonight. Devo's, Devo's in there like the, like the Chappelle show skit where he's just scratching. I l- literally just got a notification about from a keg, tw- from a grateful keg. Yep. A $20 race right now. Let's do the rest of the winners and losers. Right, so <laughs> Venmo that guy. You got, I got five on it. Um, degenerates. I got five on it. Ryan, give me a, uh, we go all winners or go winner or loser, Devo. Oh, Ryan's loser. It fits in right here. It's marbles. <laughs> yeah, mar- marbles are the big losers. Uh, Brent's neighbors because they won't be able to run him over because he will not lie in the street. Uh, Antonio Brown is the big loser because he is one of the two or three best wide receivers in football, and he has not played football save uh, one game in 2019. I can't imagine he plays in 2020, although it would be a circle if Bill O'Brien uh, signed him to a contract. Um but, yeah, it seems like his NFL future is over, and it is all his doing, which is sort of weird because we watched on social media when he had someone filming him when he was cut by the Raiders, and he was extremely excited. And then things got super bonkers when the Patriots signed him, and 11 days later, that was over. So, yep, no Antonio Brown. He's the loser. Okay. Let's move on to John's big winner. Surprising. Because it's a guy who's got a bum knee. It's been blasted by media people like John Breach for having a bum knee. Just got cut by the Rams. It's Todd Gurley. Why is he a winner, Breach? Well, Brenton, I like to think outside the box. And as the only person on this podcast who does that, boom, dunked on all of you guys. Uh, look, here's the best thing about Todd Gurley. We've already said in this podcast, we've already said this week that we all agree The Los Angeles Rams are the worst team in the NFC West this year. So he gets to leave the worst team, and now he gets to choose which team he wants to sign with. So basically, not only does he get to leave this sinking ship that's the Rams, but he gets a $7.5 million parting gift because the Rams have to pay him his roster bonus that he was guaranteed for 2020. So he's being paid $7.5 million not to play for a bad team. Uh, that's a winner if you ask me. And now he can go join Tom Brady. He can, uh, Sean's fantasy, go to Buffalo, whatever it is. Todd Gurley can go to a playoff team because the Rams are not a playoff team this year. So Todd Gurley, you are my winner because you just made a ton of money and, uh, you can go wherever you want. You're free. Free like a bird. By the way, I got one more lose real quick. <laughs> what? Oh, breach. The Phil- <laughs> you could definitely hear on the mic him zipping up his his sweater. My quick loser is the Philip Rivers doll who is stuck behind Brenton there, <laughs> staring at his future. Oh, there he is. You found him. <laughs> Doesn't even look like Philip Rivers too. <laughs> It looks like if Brenton put on the 17 Chargers jersey. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. That should be your Halloween costume. You could be Philip Rivers to the Colts. There you go. Oh, my God. You know what's so insulting about this is, look, like, whoever created this sewed on a big chin. <laughs> There's a huge chin. Like, you could have just let him be, like, a round face. You had to add a chin. I'm glad he made it back to the tabletop, though. Go Colts, baby. Okay. <laughs> 
Who's your loser, John? Uh, my loser. Actually, wait, let me get my winner real quick because it ties into Tiger early. It's Daryl Henderson, the Memphis product, the human first down, now should be the starter for the Rams. I thought he looked really good in limited action. Last year, they should have used him more. They should have bailed on Todd Gurley early on, but they wanted to run him into the ground. And now Daryl Henderson, I think, will be a sneaky fantasy option, probably get him in like the third round. I bet he has a big year in Sean McVay's system. You're a loser, John. My loser is the Detroit Lions. Look, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia probably should have both been fired at the end of the 2019 season. But they were not. They are hanging by a hair. What they needed to do was do something splashy and crazy in free agency because this team has to win now. They have to win in 2020. And you know what? Over the past week, I think they have somehow actually gotten worse. Like, I mean, they were already bad, and now they're worse. Uh, you look at what they've done. First of all, they released Snacks Harrison. I, I think he's still got to – I don't know. Uh, they, they released one of their offensive linemen, Rick Wagner, which is fine – on the surface, except that they replaced him with, uh, Debo, I need your help. Eagle, Eagles <laughs> tackle pronunciation. Halapudagati So I say it again? No, you got it. Well, you got it. You're the pronunciation king. Big V. They gave Big V a five year, $45 million. That guy's not even a full time starter. You're bringing him. Matthew Stafford is like made of sticks right now. He's falling apart and you're going to let Big V protect Matthew Stafford. Are you kidding me? Then you went and you raided the Patriots roster. You got Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton. Hey, look, Matt Patricia, you coached with Bell Belichick. If he's giving you players, there's a reason for that. It's because he's done with them and they're not that good anymore. Uh, so I don't know what the Lions are doing. I am just going to say that the whole entire franchise is my loser today. Well, you mentioned the but, Eagles. But not, but, but not actual Lions. No, I, like, I would I like say it. the Lions have had one of the worst, most curious off-seasons of any team we've seen in the last few years. Like, they're making terrible signings, and they just traded away Darius Slay, who was demanding over and over, as I mentioned earlier, that he should be traded. Um, and according to Michael Rothstein of ESPN, Slay explained exactly what happened. Two incidents with Matt Patricia. Have you guys, have you guys heard this yet? Well, yeah, this is why I made Matt Patricia my loser. Oh, well, then you go ahead and explain it. Yeah, I was, I and, thought, and this is perfect that Sean can go into this because I didn't even mention the Slay thing because I thought Sean would be talking about it. But yeah, they also trade away Gary. That was me setting up Matt. Patricia. Oh yeah, yeah. All you guys segue. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, all of us here, no surprise, everyone knows that we are not big Matt Patricia as a head coach fans, um, notably Ryan Wilson, of course. Um, so Darius Slay, one of the best quarterbacks in football over the last decade. When we did our CBS Sports All-Decade team, it was almost unanimous for him as the slot guy. Um, apparently, according to Slay, Matt Patricia told him in a meeting that he wasn't elite. Uh, this reminds me so much of what uh, like Josh McDaniels did when he left New England for the first time um, in Denver, and he pretty much alienated every single good player Denver had. This is the Darius Slay quote. I'm like, huh? I said, huh? I'm trying to see where he's coming at. He said I wasn't an elite quarter and that I'm not in their category. I was coming off an all-pro year, eight picks. That told me right there that he didn't have no respect for me. He told me I was a good player, but then to tell me what I'm not. So I said, okay. I just took that to the chin and said, okay, that's cool. Then I bounced back to two back-to-back Pro Bowlers on him, let him know how elite I was. Uh, so 
there was another incident. I'm reading the story right now. Uh, Slay said Patricia put the picture on a team board um, and told him to stop kissing up to another player. Um, and he did that in front of the team. He said, yeah, right there after that, that's when I lost all respect and went out the door for him as a man. And this is not surprising for anyone who remembers the uh, Matt Patricia telling the reporter to sit up straight in a press conference that Matt Patricia was apparently late for all season long. Hey, uh, well, Ryan, before you go in, I'm just curious. Now that you've hung out with Matt Patricia in real life, are you willing to go in on him again? I, I texted you guys as I was leaving the combine. We were on the same flight back to Detroit. Unfortunately, we didn't sit next to each other because then I would have probably fallen in love with him. Uh, he did not grow up far from here, in fact. But – no, we did not become best buds. I just want to say this. If you win. What if he'd reclined his seat? Yeah, that would have been. Would we don't have enough time to have that conversation. Personally. I'm just saying he tells a reporter to sit up straight and like dress nicer. And he's like. Yeah. Uh, he did not recline his seat from what I could tell. He was sitting in front of me. So I was checking in on him. He was sitting. It was a smaller plane. So two seats on one side, one on the other. He was on the one side. Um, my issue is this. He can say those things. Like, I don't know why you would tell a player. Whether he's good or not, he sucks, or he's not as good as, as whatever. That seems weird to me. But you can say, um, don't hang out with other players on the other team or whatever if you're winning football games. You can't do that when you win three games and Jim Caldwell, as you guys may have heard, went nine and seven in back to back years and then got fired. So that you can't do. So, cause no one takes you seriously. Bill Belichick can do that cause he wins all the time. Bill O'Brien can do it and then he'll trade Trey <laughs> Hopkins for no clear reason. But I mean, you can't do it if you're a terrible football coach. These guys who come from the Bill Belichick tree think they can act like Bill Belichick without the skins on the wall. You can't do that. Like, Bill Belichick wasn't an a-hole out of the gate. In fact, uh, it wasn't until um, Cleveland turned on him, really, that he was – like, he was apparently, if you listen to all accounts, he was, like, fairly nice in Cleveland. I mean, not not perfect, but he's Bill Belichick. Like, what do you expect? But, like, he's always been, like, a decently outgoing person. Then the Cleveland thing soured him on the media, and he came to realize that the next time he had his opportunity, he was going to run things his way. And then you win a Super Bowl in your first two years, you're a made man. Like, if Matt Patricia had a Super Bowl, he could do this to guys. But he doesn't. He hadn't had even won as many games in a single season as Jim Caldwell did, and Caldwell got fired. Caldwell went 9-7 and seven twice. Matt Patricia can't – Matt Patricia's got ties on the wall. By the way, BMAC has talked about this, how Mike Tomlin, every, at the end of every – the Monday after a game or Tuesday, whenever they watch film, he will call people out in, in a, a team session. It won't be for talking to other players. It will be for missing assignments, missing blocks, missing tackle, whatever – and B-Mac said we were fine with that, and um, you never wanted to be called out, and it made you work harder. But guess what? The Steelers won under Mike Tomlin, and they won from uh, you know from the time he got there. They never had a losing season uh, since he arrived in 07, and, and that's the difference. And you oh, can't just sort of – But also, like, there was a winning culture in place when Mike Tomlin got there. Bill yeah. Cower won a Super Bowl and walked off, right? Didn't he win a Super Bowl and leave? Yeah. 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 He, he won a Super Bowl, walked away from football. Won in 05. Came back in 06 and went 8-8 eight and, eight and then yes, but yes. Right. But like, so Mike Tomlin took over this team that had a pile of established veterans like Lamar Woodley and James Harrison and Troy Polamalu. BMAC gets in court, you know, BMAC comes in, there's a younger guy, like he's, but he's still kind of a veteran by the time Tomlin gets there. And like, at that point, you know, you can do that because you have an established rapport with a veteran group of guys. Patricia is still trying to build up this program and to act like this is out of, out of control. Darius Slay is a, is a top level all pro cornerback. Yeah. I'll give you another BMAC story because he was drafted in 05. Tomlin came in 07. Tomlin's first year there as a 33 year old coach. 
he made them do uh, two a days during in training camp, and he wore their asses out. And and BMAC will say that's why we lost that playoff game to Jacksonville at the end of the year. We were exhausted. And he said at the end of the year, Tomlin talked to the James Farriers, the BMACs, the James Harrisons, and asked them, okay, what do I need to do differently? And they told him, and he listened. I would imagine, and maybe Darius Slate could confirm this, that Patricia's not having those conversations with his, quote-unquote, you know, team leaders. When you've got one of your top defensive players and top players on your roster spending his entire offseason tweeting that they need to hurry up and trade me, come on, let's go, make it happen, like that's that's problematic. And I just can't see how this Detroit thing works out well for anybody. So, And I'll say also that Patricia doesn't have the excuse, like these coaches come into bad teams – and it's like, oh, they don't have a quarterback. No one's going to win without a quarterback. They have Matthew Stafford, who, depending on what you think of him, no one thinks he's bad. And he actually, before he stopped playing this past season, was having arguably the best season of his career, at least by the advanced metrics. So uh, he's failing with a good quarterback in place, too. He, I don't think he has any excuses whatsoever. And as Ryan pointed out multiple times during his multiple Matt Patricia rants, uh, <laughs> Patricia took over for a team that went nine and seven because a lot of times a coach takes over for a bad team. It's understandable that they do bad the following season. Uh, no, they went from nine and seven to six and ten to three twelve and one. Why did you fire Jim Caldwell? Why did you hire Matt Patricia? What is going on here? Uh, my loser, final one, and we'll get out of here. Oh, uh, I didn't get my winner. Oh, I didn't get my winner. That was Sean. I think podcast listeners are aware. Darius Slay. Do you really need to add that on to Matt Patricia? I mean, fine, Debo. He doesn't want me to praise the Eagles, so I guess we won't. Okay, praise the Eagles. Typical. I was, well, I was going to say that. Don't make me tell you. Debo and I are like, so on the rundown, it says, down at the bottom, it says Ryan's story. We have no idea. We have no idea what Ryan's story is. (laughs) What is that about? Oh, yeah, that's where he's going to pitch the HQ show that me and him were talking about. Ah, that's what it was. Deep and I were, like, chatting. We're like, what is Ryan's story? I have no idea. Like, I don't either. We can save that for another uh, later, deep into the deep cuts offseason. We'll talk about that. (laughs) Well, Darius Slate. We're in deep cuts offseason already. But, but Ryan, if you pitch it now, then maybe it could be an actual show by the offseason. Good thinking. Sorry, Diva. Sean, who's your winner? Let's talk about. Seriously, in the Eagles, because when Byron Jones, when they did not sign Byron Jones, I thought that was a mistake. The, I mean, Debo can tell you that the secondary for the Eagles the last couple of seasons has been a mess, and they've always so been. So can Eli Manning and like literally any other human being. And I- we've, I mean, the Jalen Ramsey deal, we were constantly, we had this argument about the Zach Ertz, would you trade him and all that. Um, so we've known for a while they need a star cornerback, and it seemed like the Byron Jones was the perfect opportunity. To also steal from a, a rival and the other team that could win the division. And I, so I thought that was a mistake. But then if you go and get Slay for, what, a third and a fifth, I think that return is completely justifiable. The contract is shorter than the Byron Jones deals, what, three years. Um, and Darius Slay is, what, 30 or 31. I, I, I think this is a – 29? So even better. Um, I, I think this is a great landing spot for him because he gets to go to a team that is starving for a good cornerback on a defense that was almost top 10 last year without any quality players in that secondary and the Eagles it turns out did right by staying patient and not going after Byron Jones I wouldn't have hated it if they'd given Byron Jones that deal but they made it out okay in the end can I ask a quick question would anyone rather have Darius Slay for third and a fifth or Jalen Ramsey for two first round picks I'll take Darius Slay for third and a fifth like no one's doing the other one right 
No, because also you're going to have to give Jalen Ramsey a huge contract as well. I'd rather have Darius Slay. Yep. So, finally, my winner. Finally, I get some time to talk on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, sorry, my loser. Excuse me. (laughs) Deeper wrote rapid, gigantic letters. Sean Elway is my loser because for the 15th time in – 20 years, it feels like, or five years, maybe. Uh, John Elway's had to cut a really tall quarterback who didn't work out. And it was Joe Flacco who got released. Now, the good news is John Elway stumbled into Drew Locke in the second round. And so there's optimism surrounding the Broncos. Noah Fant there, Cortland Sutton. They got some talent on the offensive line. They got Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. They got a bunch of defensive players. But look. John Elway's quarterback gambits have been disastrous. And Joe Flacco is just the latest example of that. He's addicted to tall quarterbacks. Uh, Paxton Lynch, Peyton Manning's very tall, Brock Osweiler, and Joe Flacco. Like all those guys are 6'4 or higher, 6'4 or taller, I believe. And everybody but Peyton is 6'6 six, six or taller. Uh, Flacco was a, a nightmare, a train wreck. If they go with Drew Locke from the beginning, maybe they win some of those close games and, uh, maybe the Broncos make the playoffs. And maybe I'm sitting here as a hero instead of a clown show who picked the Broncos to win the division. So, John Elway, put on your leather jacket, you lose it, it, It's pretty rich, the the guy who said Joe Flacco's winning MVP saying that Drew Locke should have started the season. <laughs> I didn't say Joe Flacco was going to win MVP. Yes, you did. That was you. That was Ryan. Ryan picked Alex Smith and Joe Flacco. I love that. He just. <laughs> I never said anything about Joe Flacco MVP. But you said the Broncos were going to win the division, so you were pretty in on Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. There's a huge difference between win the division and MVP. That, uh, <laughs> a difference. A massive difference. You guys are fake news, and I won't stand for it. Because you can't stand up at all. <laughs> he literally teed that one up for you because I was about to make the exact same. Uh, I heard me. that. I heard the first half of the sentence. I said, please finish this. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you excuse me, I have to go freeze this ice pack again. So we're going to get out of here. Wait, is Ryan pitching the show? No, we're doing it later. Okay. Diva, you want to pitch it? How long is it? Is pitch? it a good pitch? Nah. Breach? Is it a good pitch? <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> we'll do it later. I'll, I'll get the. I'll We're write like it. an hour twenty in. Let's get out of here. <laughs> we'll do it later. It's, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, we'll do that later. We got a three part review. Uh, and leave a rating and review, five star review. Wait, answer any question you want. We got a three part question that we got to answer too. It keeps getting pushed back as the news. That's okay. That means it's fun off season. We got a lot of time to kill. People will be being in June about how we don't talk enough about football. Freaking 14 podcasts on free agency week. What do you want from us, people? <laughs> Just kidding. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.